And welcome to the Glacier Musical Podcast. It's beer, metal, and swearing. As always, it is Nick Cameron, joined by Kang and Kodos Chakas. How are you doing today? All righty. Going to get started early, because that's how this always goes. Got a Four Hands Inca Incarnation IPA. Passed their brewery every day on the way home from work. Did you say a four-hand round-the-way? What is that? Four-hands IPA. Oh, sorry. I heard something else. I am drinking the official beer of my whole fall, Montucky Cold Snap. I keep going to the store, and I don't like anything else they have. The point of this the is, beer that I have like. a, the point is to have a different beer each week. Am I? Shit. Yeah. Okay, also, so I want to give a better. big shout-out to uh, our mutual friend, Justin... Uh, whose last name I cannot pronounce, of Stormland, who puts out some amazing death metal based on Gundam, which I'm just, I'm totally here for that. Great music if you haven't checked it out. He referred to the podcast as the P-O-U-R-E-D cast, which I might actually change the, the spelling because... Pour one out for our homies cast. Yeah. I like it. That's uh, actually it, really clever. It, it, it took me a minute to understand what he was saying, but I'm like, huh. Why didn't we think of that? That's actually really witty. So Super witty. Um, Not Dave witty from Municipal Waste witty, but pretty witty. I thought it was pretty damn witty. So big thanks to my good friend uh, Justin up there in somewheresville, British Columbia. I don't know. I did not know that. Yeah, he uh, he's one of them knuckleheads. But to the best of my knowledge, he's not into hockey, so I don't know how knuckly he really is. I'm calling bullshit then. <laughs> I don't, I don't really be Canadian. I don't trust Canadians that don't like hockey, at least a little. But uh, no big vinyl updates this week, I will say. Uh, an amazing thing happened on Friday. Apparently, while I was home, or while I was working at the office... Uh, I signed for my copy of Guar Hello, took it inside, and then threw it on the porch and left. What? <laughs> yeah, near as I can tell, because that said it was delivered and handed to a resident signed by N. Cameron, which I'm pretty sure is me, supposedly, uh, but it was on the porch, but... You know what? It's it, and it's the most expensive album, singular album I've ever purchased. I'm not including Metallica's "Injustice for All" box set on that because it was a box set. Uh, yeah, I spent $150 on this thing. It's one of my absolute favorite albums of all time, and I have not stopped listening to it. But uh, after my abstinence, I went a little crazy, so I'm slowing down till next week. I think maybe. I am, again, still being abstinent from buying new stuff. I must not buy the Hylum Lifa double vinyl. I must not buy the Hylum Lifa double vinyl. But I um, things are showing up that I already bought. Um, I had another record I was going to talk about, but I've got a pass on talking about that one and rather talk about something I ordered a while ago, which is the Anthrax Worship Music Swirly Vinyl from... Newbury Comics. Newbury Comics is the infamous small record store chain in New England, mainly the Boston area. They do have one outlet in New York, in Long Island. I love this place. They have a lot of exclusive deals on vinyl. 
autographed booklets on CDs, all kinds of merch and cool stuff. Check them out. You can order online to ship everywhere. Pretty cheap, pretty safe, beautifully packaged and protected cardboards, unlike assholery other companies that, you know, betrayed and disappointed me. But um, so we yeah, all that, have that worship music and racks, their comeback record with Joey 10 years ago, 10th anniversary this year, only limited to 250 beautiful blue and yellow swirl and um, cloudy swirl. And, I'm going to uh, apologize to all yeah. the new music out there right now, but due to the Taylor Swift, Taylor was it Adele, I'm sorry, the Adele 500,000 copies and everything being jammed up for months and months, I'm not ordering anything because I don't know where to send it because I don't know if anything is going to arrive before I move. Okay, so. that's fair. You can also forward your things. I will say that on, uh, I did do one thing, which was based on, on the fact that my post <clears throat> office forged my signature and oh, left right. it on the porch. Right. Maybe you need a post office box. Yeah, those are expensive to, to not to mention records. the size that will hold a, a vinyl is a more expensive size. I will say this: I did um, for Bandcamp Friday also Ghost Cult Mac. We put out a charity compilation, which if anybody's listening and they want to support a great cause, we're still taking money and donations. All the digital proceeds from this uh, crushing compilation, Volume Two put together by myself and mainly William Jennings of Ghost Hello, a great band from Ohio. Love Ghost Hello. I, they were kind enough to send me a copy of their album for a vinyl review. Fantastic. And Wonderful. it got me, in, got me in trouble with the hires up at my office because I was listening to it over and over, and mm. it's a bit weird. It's a lot weird. They are weird and wonderful, great people in person and on record. And uh, so William put together the first one of these with me, did the artwork, organized the bands, just basically like Ghost Cult put it out. He let me choose. It's like, what do you want to do? Like, keep the money? I was like, no, I want to donate it to charity. Last year we did to the National Bail Fund, seemed appropriate at the time. My main charity in life is uh, to end homelessness in our lifetime. I don't know if we will or can, but I'd like to think we could. And so I like to donate whenever I can to the National Alliance to End Homelessness, which is what all the proceeds digitally will go. Broke the entire history of Ghost Cult on Bandcamp's taking in money in one day on Bandcamp Friday than we had in a year and change. And so if anyone wants to continue to donate, go to Ghost Cult Mag at Bandcamp and find the compilation and please pick one up. You can buy a song, buy the whole thing, I don't care. Um, I also took the opportunity, even though I'm not buying vinyl or a lot of stuff, I still shelled out about $30 on Bandcamp Friday on some digital stuff. So Hardcore Band Matriarchs, the new single from Turkey Vulture, a uh, single by my friend Shay Leona Crumbs, if you like some R&B, uh, Ash Powell, a wonderful Brady Carlisle-style singer-songwriter here from Oakland, who I'm fond of. I just learned out. who Brandy Carlisle was, bought her yes. new record, and wonderful. Frankly, I was a little disappointed. It wasn't as good as what I saw on SNL. That's crazy. I'll try it again. Maybe, maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention. I think you may not have been paying. I'm biased because one, I've been heavily into her for a while, uh, like at least the last year or so, and especially a lot lately. I saw her in concert in two of her bands this summer in the same show, which is unusual, unheard of, and incredible. I think she's wonderful. Had a great she, conversation with my wife about her. I'm like, is that the Go-Go's lady? 
No, that's Brent. You're thinking of Belinda Carlisle. Belinda Carlisle, Hall of Famer Belinda Carlisle. Congratulations. Um, no, Brandy Carlisle also has collaborated with Soundgarden on Soundgarden covers and recently performed with members of Soundgarden and separately with Pearl Jam. So, yo, she's legit awesome. Um, and I actually have the vinyl of her Record Store Day release with Soundgarden. Where she covered two Soundgarden songs. So pretty badass. Very cool. But anywho, um, that's kind of all I've got for now on those things. And we need to talk for better or worse about Quiet Riot episode two. It's a lot of worse this week, but yeah, it was so high on the highs. We're gonna try to keep it real positive, though. It's gonna be like this is gonna be like uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Is it bad news? Maybe if you tell me the bad news in a good way, it won't seem so bad. And (laughs) these albums are terrible. They're so bad. Yeah. They're pretty damn bad. Um, but they're bad in a really fun way. And I'm not well, just saying that to keep people listening. I, like, Condition Critical. My my thoughts on Condition Critical are well established in the episode of the Department of Metal Antiquities that I made Duncan listen to Condition Critical. You are mean. Well, he said after the first song... There is no reason for this song to exist. I thought um, that was pretty harsh, personally. Um, I actually, and I'm almost a little loath to admit this, I really like the album Condition so Critical. Yeah, Condition Critical is a fun record. Just, just to recap, people, I doubt people are turning in cold, but if they just tuned in, we did metal health last week it's a banger it's at least a nine of ten or an eight of ten for the time hang, hang. sorry because i'm extraordinarily professional i answered a phone call but in fairness it was from the best man at my wedding uh my my i have two best friends and that's one of them he and another friend of mine and i are going to go who's coming in town for this we are going to go see I Fight Dragons tomorrow night and get sushi for dinner. So it's like, I might not eat with you. I'm like, why? It's Veterans Day tomorrow. So I can eat free and I'm short on cash. I'm paying for you. It's fine. Don't worry. Anyway, so back to Quiet Riot, Condition buy, Critical. Buy a veteran a beer or a meal for Veterans Day. I'm back this. Uh, or both. Um, so Quiet Riot, Condition Critical. Uh, like I said, the... Metal Health is multiple times platinum. It's a humongous, explosive Diamond success. record. Diamond record now. I'm talking about back then. Yeah. Didn't sell 10 million that year. I thought Diamond was five. I thought it was 10. Diamond and 10. But anyway. Um, okay. It sold 6 million. We know that. Humongous hit. It would knock Thriller out of the fucking charts. Not Thriller and Synchronicity out of the charts, which is mind-blowing. Billy Joel was fourth. How is this possible? Uh, put kind of popular pop rock and pop heavy metal on the map. You're right. And it then, is 10 million. I apologize. And then the problem with no problem. Then the problem with that is when you have success, where do you go next and what do you do? The real Most, issue and the real issue for them 
was that was their first album. It was like Hootie and the Blowfish. It was like Pearl Jam. It was all these bands, although this didn't happen to Pearl Jam, but all these bands that come out of nowhere, quite Twisted Sister, again, came out of nowhere and dropped this amazingly large hit where, unlike Metallica, unlike Red Hot Chili Peppers, unlike Slayer, who had a slow burn and a bass to the point where even if they only sold four albums, you know, even if only one out of their 10, only one out of 10 of their bass bought their next record, it'd still be a hit. Right. So they, there, there was going to be problems no matter what they did next. That was just oh, yeah. a given. And then in the record business, especially at the major label level, at all times and throughout history, and if forever. something, if something works, do it again twice next time. So everything that worked, they did again. Yes, they did um, everything. Everything. They did everything times times two times ten times on. And sometimes less can also be more, and not in this case. Uh, was the 80s the era of excess, the Reagan 80s, a terrible decade, except for music and art and films. And oh, the, worst, um, the, the worst decades for humanity are always the best for art. That's also true. Um, although we haven't seen it yet here now. Well, we're only in the I argue. Year. I argue. Well, um, so they basically come back a year later, more or less a year, a calendar year later with the next record. And, you know, Metal Health was their first major record. They had made other records that are terrible. We discussed this in the first episode. One of so them. It's not their but only one of them on the album were on those other records. Right, Dubrow. But but as an entity. You know, yeah, Dubrow, as an entity. Dubrow is the leader, unquestionably the leader of the band until years later when it's Frankie. So, you know, I almost feel like Kevin, maybe he was just kind of along for the ride. They were partying. He was living it up. Somebody should have been internally like, hey, some of this is not a good idea, also, same producer, same record label, because it's Spencer Crawford is their producer and own the record label they're on with their distribution through, as we said, Columbia. So they feel like they're on a big label, but really they're a DIY band on a DIY label. And they could have, they didn't really have anybody telling them, do this, do that. They chose to do this. So that's not the greatest. Let's also point out mindset. that like, every band of their stature i mean i don't know how many times i i don't know what it's like for you when you read a rock biography and somebody talks about you know meeting their a and r person meeting their producer meeting this meeting that in my thought process i always go to how many bands have these people met that they no longer talk to and no many yeah, I'm sure it's 20 to 1. And and that's anything in any sort of show business, be it actor, be it musician, be it rodeo clown. There's probably a washout for rodeo clowns too. And it's it's in the same in sports, you know. How many first round draft picks in every sport have we seen? Every team gets a first round pick every year and not every team has five of them on their team the next year. So People wash out, and I know we, we reference Almost Famous frequently, 
But what did Jimmy Fallon's character say that was so wise? You got to get out there and make all the money you can while you can. Your time is fleeting. An NHL player, the average NHL career, average NHL career is 2.5 years. Now, keeping in mind, that's with all the dudes like Gretzky and Thornton and Chara who have played for 30 years. And how many dudes come up for a shift and go, I was awesome. One of my favorite podcasters, Terry Ryan, had an eight-game NHL career out of a 10-year pro career. That's phenomenal. So nobody thinks it could happen to them. That's fair. And, And like, let's not, like, we haven't talked about the music yet. This is not a horrible record. It's just not. It's not. It's, it's really such not. A, It's just a step. There's a this whatever. And this record is a full rung or two down from how great Metal Health was. It's I just want to preface copy that. Of, it's a carbon copy of Metal Health. And for the record, carbon copies are an old school thing. And no one knows what that is. Okay. It's a zero. It's it's a mimeograph copy. <laughs> it's a oh, rexograph. Uh, it's that purple we, shit from school. That's that we, rexograph. And that's rexograph. Had, okay. Uh, it was that purple fluid. We used to like yeah. put in a rag and huff it, and get really high. What about teenagers. photocopiers? Does anybody remember photocopiers? What about photosynthesis? Oh, what about fo- what about photosynthesis? Are we are we avoiding plants can't the, eat without it? We're not avoiding the record, are we? We're not. I'm gonna get into it in a second. I, I just want it is a carbon copy of the record that was great a year earlier. And what, this is not as great. And a carbon copy is always it's like that movie Multiplicity when Michael Keaton kept cloning himself. Mm. Each clone is not as good as the one before, and that's mm. what this is. I I would consider, and you know, I'm I will fully admit to nostalgia getting up my nostrils and into my brain on what I'm about to say. But I would call Metal Health an A record. That is an A. Yeah, not that's a top plus. tier. It, and that's and that includes Motley Crue as we do this podcast today. Motley Crue's Too Fast for Love is 40 years old today. Which and, and Metal Health is better than Too Fast for Love. And I like Motley Crue more. Most likely. Uh certainly in the vocal department and probably oh, yeah. guitar and probably the guitar work, maybe not the songs. Um track or track, but Anywho, that is Motley Crue's whole career in a nutshell. Anywho. Yes, it is. Yes, it we'll is. see if we get to do Motley Crue eventually. Um, so oh, Condition happened. Critical, I'm sure it'll happen. Condition Critical comes out. And, you know, the first, they, they literally come out of the gate again with a cover. And again, Metal Health by itself was an epic, great song. Yes, it was. And, and uh, Come On, Feel the Noise was the first single and was the thing that kind of exploded them as a band, as a cover. But actually, they did have several great originals on Metal Health, including the track Metal Health, which is an all-time banger. What I'm um, going to really do on this one is just tr- kind of try to explain the mu- on this record. I'll go deeper on that because, as I said, you know, I'm, um, well, you know, so I'm, I'm just going to try to, like, point out the way the music industry works, the way public opinion works and all that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a bad record. Everybody had it. It sold a million records. It was also a hit record. Right. But it was definitely a step down from the other record right. on a now, lot of levels. When a record becomes a phenomenon, when a record becomes a major, major hit, it always has multiple high-quality singles. And that's what Metal Health had. 
and it had a lot of good deep cuts. Bla- Slick Black Cadillac, Loves a Bitch. Those are great. Fantastic, tunes. yeah, fantastic songs. And those weren't even um, singles. But also, by the way, this is not just a pick on Quiet Riot or any band, because again, we met. I mentioned Michael Jackson earlier. Thriller is the greatest selling record of all time. Still, the greatest single selling one-off record in the first couple of years it came out ever. Dark Side of the Moon has continued to sell, sell, sell. Blackout Metallica continues to sell 6,000 records a week. I don't know how, but it didn't sell. Yeah, that's a it, weird one. You know, it's just bizarre that people are buying this shit. But um, still, I love the record, but I'm just saying. So even Michael Jackson's Thriller could not get topped by Bad, which is a great record, inarguably. Yes, with it, it six is. Six hit singles, and it is a phenomenal record. And I think it's so like... 15 million records but it's not 32 million records i prefer even worse but that's besides the point you're you're making a wonderful wonderful point yeah yeah pink floyd never topped the sales of dark side of the moon no 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 and if anything actually pink floyd's sales plummeted until the wall and the wall only happened as a phenomenon because of the movie to an extent the movie and the touring the the, the whole thing helped sell the wall the wall is a whole other deal. We probably should do a series on the wall because we easily Maybe. could. Maybe. We'll get to that though. Maybe. Um, but anyway, uh, so I'll fight so you. condition critical though, and it's finer points. We're gonna go through the track by track. Oh good. It is an excellent record in a lot of ways. It's just a big step down from the last one that was phenomenal. The real the same, problem is that you've made the same record twice. That is also a curse, and you should not do it. And they should have tried not to, but, you know, 80s. So kicking 80s. things off, Sign of the Times, easily the best song on the record, is the first song almost always anyway. And this song is great. This is an ass-kicking first song of the record, Debro and Cavazzo. I really do like this one. It's a good one. Debro's vocals on this are sharp and biting, and fun and that's why he's a very fun vocalist like i said he's almost very underrated because he's very no not almost it is he is very underrated in my opinion really get talked about ever in the pantheon of great glam if you talk about the hair metal guys dubro is the best talent he's talent wise he is the best he's not i don't think it's arguable um, I just think like the the songs weren't always there, and he yeah oh yeah his reputation unfortunately precedes him. Oh yeah, but, uh, yeah, we'll get know. to that in a little bit. Well, maybe at the last one, but uh, so sign of times, great album opener, great song to me, great great song, good and way to start. A very self referential song, mm. you know. We are the sign of the times. We are the zeitgeist. Okay, maybe don't say that, but ever. Let's let other I mean, for 84, say... that's pretty damn good. Think about the albums that were not very literate albums in 1984 by these kind of bands. Well, he didn't and, say uh, Zeitgeist. I'm, I know, I'm... but I'm just saying, like, yeah, no, it's to be self-aware for one of these bands is probably a superpower looking at, like, Wait, are you rap. saying Motley Crue wasn't self-aware? <laughs> they still aren't. <laughs> they still aren't. Look at Vince. They still are easily as self-aware. What they are easily as self-aware as Nuke Lelouch. I just want to get out there and help my team the best I can. Oh and he had God. to be told to say that. He didn't even know to say that. That's he didn't even part. know to say that. I love me some Susan Sarandon. Anyway. As do I. <sighs> then Paint by Numbers begins almost exactly 
Now we're on number two. It's blue. We're on number two, and it's Mama, We're All Crazy Now. Another Slade song, because if one cover worked and sold 10 million, why wouldn't this one? Because it's not as good a song. It did. It was a hit single. It was a hit single. Had they done this one instead of Come On, Feel the Noise? First? No. No. No? It wouldn't have helped. Well, you're you're trying to say it would help this record, or it wouldn't help that record? I'm saying had they done it on the previous record. Had Come On, Feel the Noise not existed. Come On, Feel the Noise is a superior song. song. It is a superior song, but I think this would have been a hit. Yeah, it's a hit song. It's a hit song. Actually, none of these songs, I mean, that's how a lot of covers work. Hey, you know that really good song by that oh, thing yeah. that wasn't quite a hit in America? That's how these things are chosen, by the way. Yeah, that's the David Lee Roth writing songbook. Let me tell you. Um, so it's a good, it's a great song. It's a good cover. It's the reason this sold a million, basically, because it's the record after the big one. Everyone went and bought this on sight and scene. You couldn't hear a whole record back then. You heard the single, and they heard the cover. They heard another song just like Come On, Feel the Noise. That's a little and, bit funny. And not the fact that you couldn't hear it. Now, in, in St. Louis, we had the seventh day, and we still do, where on Sundays they play, KC95 plays like five or six albums in a row. It's actually how I heard Division Bell for the first time. And so that's a big deal. They, they, they still do that. But it because you could only hear a single I mean, so many bands that would put out an album that have one or two great songs and the rest filler happened all the time. They they actually became a a business model in the the music industry where you could go to a store and listen to the album before you bought it. At this point, that is, you know, a pipe dream and a nothing burger. But that's why, if you still remember going to like FYE or Blockbuster Music, that's why that happened. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so, Mama, we're crazy now. Another, all, another terrible video, by the way. Just awful, really terrible awful video. video. Worst video of their career. Um, they had the condition critical theme, but then they played "We're All Crazy Now." Just things that don't. Again, record labels and bad judgment think. and things don't don't overthink these things. Uh, but nice to get Slade a big. A big bunch of checks right how much check how much checks do you think these guys cashed they were on to like some other career they were not slayed anymore they didn't know they were they were 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 retired at this point and then they got like checks and mail for these two albums and And um can i also say that quiet riot sings about their parents too much mm -hmm. for a bunch of adult guys for sure yeah i mean it'd be one thing if they were silver chair (laughs) or silver chair um I'm not making they're, fun of them. They were, I'm just they're saying in the they news recently where Daniel was like, I'm never going to perform ever again and I'm quitting music and okay. people are distraught over this. I didn't know they were still in it. So, you know, good for them for continuing. Yeah, he's but, like, I'm, full, I'm 40. I can't still be singing songs like tomorrow. Yeah, I guess Again. he would have been. I guess he would be about my age because I'm a few, only a few years older than him. But I mean, if they were singing about how, how their parents sucked and they're going to tell their parents what's up, I mean, that's one thing. They were 16. But I mean, come on, Kevin, you're like 30. You really should. He was into his 30s by this time. Should not be leaving living at home at this point, but you know, may they, have been. But, you know, so I think it was just so fighting. So, um, and Kevin has the majority of the credits on this album, which is a whole other thing. That he is That's the principal credited as the principal copyright holder and songwriter of all these songs. Um, Party All Night is solid, not spectacular, good song. 
just like you expect it to be from a hair metal band in the 80s. Party all night, just what you think it is. But if, if Electric Mayhem had recorded this, it would have been just as good. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem? Obviously, and Janice. Yes, yes I love Janice. Oh, my gosh. And Rolf. Is Rolf officially a member no, of... No, Rolf is not team? an electric man. He's just a piano-playing dog that hangs Correct. out. Uh, in, in, um, in the last Muppet series, Rolf was not in it. It was a streaming series. So he wasn't in I it. Am, I didn't see it. That's brutal. What I'm, uh, electric I'm Mayhem, I don't believe, was in it either, now that I think about That's it. That's heartbreaking. The, um, but the one before that, Rolf owned a piano bar. Maybe we need to do a series on Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Um, I'll bust out some records. I got some. I bet you do. I bet you do. Uh, Stomp Your Hands, Clap Your Feet shares a song title with Slade, but is not the same song. I wonder if they even thought about doing yet another cover, covering that song. And then they were like, nah, let's do this one and call it that. Um, so <sighs> it's it's forgettable. It's a forgettable it, it is. For, the, the problem with with this record is, whereas the first album... You know, because I'm going to consider Metal Health the first album because it was different entity, same name. He even had to get permission for the name. So, you know, Metal Health, the first side is just a slab. It is just probably the best 20 minutes of hair metal you're ever going to hear. Fair enough. Backside yeah. gets a little squiffy here. Yeah. It starts, cool. they, start the, they start the side strong, end the side strong, and then fill yeah. the rest up. Yeah. Um, I will say here's... Stomp your hands, clap your feet also has this problem. Now it's official. And again, that like, if it ain't broke, do it again, double or harder. So what happens is because like, come on, feel the noise, metal health, these songs have huge gang vocal choruses. Oh God. Every oh God. song Quiet Riot does from this point on the second record on Every song has Every a gang song. vocal. It's like a hundred guys yelling the chorus. It's super distracting. It's really terrible as a song craft. And the producer's the blame. I'm going to tell you, I, sorry, sorry, Spencer. I appreciate that you put these guys on the map and he's doing wonderful things. He does like uh, productions, a production company now in LA, still working. This guy's like 80 years old. Bless your heart. But also failure right here because like this is distracting to listen to you know 10 10 songs on here and another 10 on the next one that all have the same already formulaic you're already squiffy middle in songwriting and then you have these giant we hope to have a giant sounding chorus by having 10 people yell the chorus horrible doesn't let dubrow dubrow bro correct Right, really takes away your your superpower. Like I was going to say that. Thank you very much for stealing that. Sorry, it really, uh, you know, like it's really distracting and super kills the record for me from this point on. Even the good songs get ruined by this this technique. I guess it's a technique if you do it ten times. It's, it's a technique. A technique it's, a, it's, a, it's on purpose. It's not an yes. accident. It, uh, once is a mistake, twice is a choice. Ice T tweeted that. And He's the man. Ten times is a habit. At final level on Twitter, by the way. Great. Yes. Um, so I was going to say, yes, it is downplaying the amazing quality of Dubro. Because no matter what you say about his songcraft, which is uneven, what you say about his personality, which is way fucking uneven, he could he sings these things 
like a motherfucker. And now, so you take out these choruses where he could be just blowing them up. And the worst part, though, the worst part about this is it launched, this is Helen of Troy. They launched a thousand ships of gang vocals. And now everything for the next eight years has gang vocals. Until Fuck Outshine you. by Soundgarden came along and killed these motherfuckers. Yes. yes. Um, and it's a shame because when I think about Dubrow and you want to take that iconic, iconic chorus of metal health, bang your head. Okay, 20 people. And then Kevin cuts through like a laser beam. Metal health will drive you mad. I'm not even doing justice to it, but I'm just saying like, that line of him, that just little ACDC Bon Scott-ness of him being able to cut through Ooh. makes it a great, great chorus. Right? That, is a, great, did that this. is a great comparison. Def Leppard did this, but they, but also they knew when to not do it. And they knew when to let Joe be Joe. And they did not let Dubrow Dubrow, bro. And I'm going to just stick on that because it's hilarious. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm going to open up another uh, one of my forehands here because all right. foreskins. Um, winners, oh, hey, winners take all is also uh, not a t- it's okay. No, it it's okay. That's no. not bad. Yes, it is. Really? Yeah, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think you should be doing self referential records when you've only been around for 18 months. <laughs> well, they have. Well, again, you, I think if you're Kevin, you think you've had a 10 year career, ready, and this is your victory lap. If you're that guy. That makes a lot of sense. If you think about it in those terms, the rest of his life, the rest of his arc makes a lot of sense. Okay, I'll give you that. But was like there Warren, no one else? Was there no one else in the room going, I don't know, man. No, no. They saw had a humongous hit the record before and the same team doing the record and the same band, right. two records in a row. Um, uh, Chuck Wright is on this record again as a backup guy, not as a full band guy. Ruby is fully in the band and fully on this record, but Chuck comes in and does a couple of songs and does gang vocals and hangs out. Um, what else know, he doing? I don't know what else. Look, it's the, it's the eighties. You, know, you might he might as well get some of the free hookers and blow. Yeah, for sure. You know what's there? Uh, title track next. I know this is a favorite of Nick's. Love this song. It's a really I good song. Love this song. It is, it is a good song. I, I love it in the same way that I love Kiss's music from The Elder. Mm. That's kind of how I love this whole record. Except that it's bad. But it's still fun. The Elder is a good record. I don't care. It's, uh, it, 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 it's good, but it's bad. It's bad because Kiss did. If someone yeah, else oh, did yeah. it, you would have been like, this is genius. No, I would not. The story is fuck awful. I don't care about the story. I like the songs. I like I the songs the story. too. Story, story's terrible. The guys should not be storytellers. We're not storytellers. They've made Are one you... song ever in their whole career that tells a good story. Detroit and Rock City? It... No. No? Not even. Not, not even. He one? didn't even invent that one. He, they, that's a real story he got off the news. Yeah, I know. And made it about them. I was talking about... Uh, I'm not going to say Beth, are you? Because that's just... Go, that's just going Peter. blind. That's just... There's no story there. I feel like there is. Gene Simmons said, and I quote, I stole that stuff from Cream, like oh. Tale of Brave Ulysses. They just said oh. things that sounded cool. Okay. What? Anywho. Are you... No. <laughs> then, not, then nothing. I'm sorry. Never mind. We should not be talking about this. Um, I assume we're on to side two with Condition yeah, Critical. Yeah, Condition Critical starts off side two. Okay, thank you. Uh, you are the vinyl guy. I don't have. Yeah, this. I have both. I have this and Quiet Riot three on vinyl. 
I bought when Keefe convinced me to do uh, Quiet Riot. I bought Quiet Riot three. I still uh, feel like you convinced me, but all right. No, I wanted to do Motley Crue. I know, but I I just can't right now. That's um, too fragile. <laughs> too fragile. Can't handle ten uh, ten years of Motley Crue right now. Kill myself. Um, Scream and Shout is actually you a only need good three song. years of Motley Crue, really. I mean, basically, no, basically, Scream and Shout is a pretty good song. And that's as them, that that's just them trying to be Motley Crue. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But also, this is the second writing credit ever for Frankie, uh, who does that. You know, like again, this is a weird time in the world when like not everybody gets to split the publishing, or maybe they split the publishing but not the songwriting credits for the payment. You know, methods as Cap and BMI and publishing houses. But like Frankie's second writing credit ever after Metal Health, good job, is Scream and Shout. No, it's condition critical. Oh, sorry. Is it condition critical? It's not scream yeah, and scream shout. Yeah, scream and shout is oh, uh, it's bro, oh, Rudy, and, and 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 Cavazzo. Fair enough. Sorry, it is condition critical, Frankie. All right. Whatever. Um, he got one. It's fine. He got one. He got one. scream and shout's a good track. Red alert's not bad. It's not great. It's not bad. It's fun. You, when I mean honestly, the second side of this, once you get past condition critical, uh, you, I you, I like these next two, and then bad boy is bad. And we're born to rock is terrible. Yeah, I mean, you get for me the much like Metal Health, you get to this amorphous kind of blob where there's a significant lack of differentiation, Mm. and which when you couple that with the severe lack of differentiation from the previous record, so now you've got a copy of a copy of a copy, and it's. I just kind of picture them in a room with notepads with like their faces, like three of them with their faces on the table going, come on, let's just do something. Slay's got more songs, right? I mean, it worked. It did work. So this record sells a million records. Which is an outstanding hit. No matter what anybody Uh, might tell you about the 80s. Yeah, it's a feat. It, it's it, the 80s for music is like 80s in hockey, man. Yeah, there were more gold records, but that doesn't mean that the competition was worse. Uh, two of my favorite uh, statistics of sports of the 80s, the Yankees won the most baseball games, no titles, lost the World Series twice. And Raiders won the most football games of any other football team, ever got a title, got the Super Bowl twice. And um, beat, I think, in back-to-back years, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to point out the St. Louis Cardinals won the World Series in 1982 in the man, the myth, the legend, the ugliest human being alive, Willie McGee's Willie McGee. Season. Willie McGee. Love that man. Willie He's McGee like, is great, but he kind of is like a doppelganger for Marmaduke. Uh, the, we're not going to talk about how ugly he is. The cartoon, the cartoon I, dog. I'm the only one that gets to talk about that. And he, he had the ugliest state batting stance I've ever seen. But, but he still, used to hit. But still batted tree fitty tree as tree a fitty. switch hitter, which... It's amazing to me that no other switch hitters bat that high, because what's the point of switch? What's the point of switch hitting if you can't do that? My man Bernie Williams hit three thirty seven and got the uh, silver whatever the gold silver slugger, silver slugger one time. Yeah, yeah. but uh, um, and also Wayne Gretzky hit two hundred points three fucking times that decade. Mm. That's, uh, the Blues had the the Monday Night Miracle where they come down from down three goals to tie it up and win the game and. In the conference finals, and then 
no, no, there was no miracle on, on Wednesday, though. They just got their asses handed to me. Fair enough, fair enough. So the band goes on tour and the actual world tour. Oh, God. They didn't, the tour they didn't get Whew. to do all of for mental health because they went right back in the studio to make another hit, which worked. They do an extensive tour. Let's talk about this. And the money is rolling in and the tour is on. And just like you imagined it is, the excess of the 80s. Super Which overwhelms what? the band. The Schneef. Well, yes, all the, the cocaine in Bolivia. Uh, all the cocaine and hookers you can get. Which means yeah. the tour is doing how much profit? There's not that much. They're snorting up the profit. Then on top of that, as you pointed out correctly, clap, clap, clap. They're do, trying to do the tour they were they they didn't get to do for Metal Health. So they've got laser beams. Which never work. If and, I'm not mistaken, they did try to do arenas and didn't go well. But the, but they because you can't just be an arena band overnight. Even no. Kiss had to like evolve into one. They envisioned that they could be, and they did it, which is wonderful. But like they faked their way to it also. But quite, you just can't go be an arena band one day. Quite, at a, Kiss at a was booth. not an arena band until after they had a platinum yeah. album. For a on their album. fourth release and yeah, their first headlining tour they played clubs you barely I mean, BFWs. that's a club okay look in uh, illinois in illinois that's a club uh, rural same. illinois everywhere so and, um yeah so yeah they're they're trying bigger venues they've got this equipment they can they don't even know how to use that malfunctions but you still got to pay the guys to to do it because they're on the tour. And so they're what should have been a victory lap. You know, the, the car's broken down and they're just going, what the fuck? And, yeah. and, and then during this entire time, now we get uh, evil Kevin Debro, which might just be Kevin Debro. Hard to say. No. Don't the want to real be Kevin Debro. I did sell him some digestive aids with vitamin world once, so I got that going for me. Seemed nice. I uh, don't remember if I told that story, but um, I don't think so. I mean, that's basically the whole story. He came into my vitamin world the night before he was playing at uh, Riverport Amphitheater in St. Louis. I'm like, hey, have a great show. And he looks at me and he goes, you too. Don't think he was did, listening. Did you um, have a great show? But uh, no, I didn't. I didn't have a show. I didn't have a show to do. Uh, now I'm having great shows. So thanks, Kevin. I, I, I assume he meant this. Okay. You know, 20 years in the future. But, so, where was I? So they're on tour. Oh. It's not, go, it's not going well. So, but while they're on tour, what's happening in the presses regarding Quiet Riot? The music you, trade papers. As you, you tell me. Uh, Shit-ass reviews. Oh, okay, yeah. So Rolling Stone puts out a two-word review. Yes. Condition Terminal which yeah. I will go to my grave saying that's a Spinal Tap reference. It's a very good Spinal Tap reference, and it's a very good review. Spinal of Tap. I don't know. I don't know which one referenced which because they were both 1984. But uh, Spinal Tap's record, Shark Sandwich, had a two-word review: "Shit Sandwich," according to the movie. And uh, a further reference to this: if you've ever seen the Lonely Island movie, "Never Stop Stopping." Yes, I have. Where they give Connor for reals Thriller 2 TOO album 
a poo emoji as a review. Don't spit your beer out. And he's like, dude, is that a smiley face? That's awesome. And the dude's like, no, dude, that's the shit emoji. That's not even a number. He's like, no, it's shit. That's what they're telling you. The album is shit. It can't be. I love that movie. That's all I'm going to say. I don't. Um, uh, have you have you seen that their follow-up? The, the one with uh, Jose Canseco. And, yeah. Uh, yes, I did. I got is, it really a, is it really a follow-up or is it just a terrible series of videos? It's a, whatever. I mean, it's know. kind of funny. It, it, it is to make remember, fun of Jose okay. Canseco and Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire was from you know spent his time in St. Louis and did his most aside from the World Series that he won, his most yeah. important things were in St. Louis. And in fact, my buddy and I were talking about him last night. I have had conversations about Mark McGuire in Spanish in sports bars in Mexico. How do you say steroids in Spanish? Las drugas. That's it. Um, that's all you got to say. Las drugas um, para hacer mejor. The drugs to make you better. That's it. Why are they illegal? Doesn't make sense. Um, Sorry, we're off topic. Let's get back to this. Yeah, we're way so off topic. Kevin so, is now uh, lampooning in, in, in his television interviews. He's talking about how he's wiping his ass with uh, Circus Magazine and Hit Parader because they're They've turned on Quiet Riot, which, frankly, you know, if I if I if I go to the best steakhouse, which I went last night on North Grand, I'll take you there when you're when you're in town, Word. and I have a great steak, and I go back next time, and it's a bad steak. Is am I turning on you for saying you didn't cook this steak as well as the previous steak, or do you deserve the bad criticism? Correct. Do you get a chance to make it right? Do you oh, go back a third time? We, he goes. Back Most people time. don't go back a third time. I will never stop going to the best steak. I had a nineteen dollar porterhouse last night, and I was happy. I live in the wrong place if you like steak. But anyway, um, let's also talk at this time. So they're on the road for a while. Uh, most of '85, they start writing the next record. Rudy is out. He goes back to he goes to Ozzy. He's in and out at this time. He is in and, and he's in and out of Quiet Riot. Ozzy, Quiet Riot, Black Sabbath, Quiet Riot. Uh, I mean, have bass will travel. Yeah, he's got like three landing spots, and he just he just keeps landing in them. And you know, you know, more power to him for it. Maybe Rudy he gotta, needed Rudy got a heat. He needed a band name, a band for every one of his names. I don't know if you know Rudy's full official name is like Rodolfo, Maximiliano, Sarzo, Lavile, Grande Ruiz, Payet, is Jamal. Is that like, really it? If you go to Wikipedia, it's he's gonna Holy hell, I didn't I mean he's name in Cuba. Uh, he is Cubans like Mexican, so gonna, you do take the name of the mother and the father and you, right, he's gonna have at least four names. Portamento, them I think he has six. Hmm. And so and I love Rudy. Rudy's wonderful at the interview at once for his book. Rodolfo and, uh, Maximiliano Sarso La Biella Grande Ruiz Tayere y Chamont. I just said that. Just yeah, but I said well. it, yeah. Way better. Way better. I, I'm sorry, that is like wow. That is, that is like Albus, Albus, oh God, what is it? Albus, um, Albus, Wolfric, Brian, Dumbledore. No, there's more to it than that. I've never heard Harry Potter before. Anyway. Moving on. Sorry. So Rudy is out and Chuck Wright comes in as a permanent member for the next record, which is a good thing. Because Patterns. Because Pat, but also like they had a good rapport with him. Well, yeah, I mean they were still but, cool with him. But also, he, Rudy is a much different player than Chuck Wright. It's and, amazing though that Chuck Wright is still cool with them after getting the boot. 
they go on to mega stardom and he's still coming out to hang out with them and participate in that second record and he's part of the gang vocal problem actually he's not the solution he's the problem but also like um he's a good bass player and a very good songwriter and also a guitarist he comes from band geofra i don't know if you're familiar with the hair metal band named for greg geofra the shredder and um you know, but Rudy is an exceptional bassist and songwriter, right? Like, like Rudy was really the second best thing about Quiet Riot after Kevin. And I love Carlos, and I've said that Carlos is madly underrated. Um, uh, so, anywho, uh, they come off the road, and they go back to the well one more time to make Quiet Riot. And oh why God. is it QR3? If those first two records don't count, are they trying to say authoritatively those last two are our first two and this is the third? Are they trying to say that despite those two, this is the third and it's a big deal? Maybe this is the third Quiet Riot. It's the third bass player. I mean, it is like the 13th millionth lineup of the band in 10 yeah, years. But it's the, but it's specifically the third bass player. Right. Uh, yeah, Janie, what's about. his name, who was going to kill Kevin? Right. I don't think it's specifically about that. About I know, that, I but, know. Um, and it's Kevin's last record for them for a while. Uh, he does come back in later. And uh, so, yeah, man, this is a record I had not listened to before yesterday in many, 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 many years. Because in my life, by this time, I was already into thrash metal. I had gotten to my first Metallica records by now. I was still a huge prog nerd and into my progressive rock and other things, pop music and rap and other things that I was exploring and liking. And I kind of forgot about this record and even the songs. I was like, did I have this on tape? This is really bad. I can't imagine I listened to this more than twice ever. And they threw it away or gave it away. Here, you take this, you might like, oh, like, no, this is not good. And this record's even like, more of a rung step down than the last one. I had never heard this record. I bought this on vinyl to, after abstaining for months to properly do this series. So you were so excited. That's no, uh, that was 15 bucks. I'm never getting back. I will and never get back this hour and a half of my life for these I two records. I do it three times for this. Uh, the first time I listened to it today, I did not realize I was listening to side two. So I had to go through it again. Mm. Oh, my God. The first time I listened to this one, uh, Quiet Riot did not. They, they didn't carbon copy. This is a different record. However, I know we just spent, what, 30 minutes talking about how they shouldn't carbon copy. No. They should carbon copy and just try to ACDC this shit up because they went a different direction. And I just went, holy fuck, what is this? They tried. They, they tried think... it. And, oh, my God. I, I I think they gave me cancer. <laughs> I had another joke here, but it's not even going to be as good as that. This album causes cancer. It's possible. <laughs> um Four out of five doctors agree you should not listen to this. Um, Dude, two out of po- two out of two podcasters on this podcast agree. If don't if, listen to this, if metal health's a nine of ten or an eight of ten, 
And condition critical is like a seven on its best day, probably a six. Six and a half. I, I'd call that a six and a this half. This record is like below a five. It's so bad. This record is like a 250. It's so bad, dude. Oh, I try not to even – anything lower than a five or a four, I don't even like. I mean it- – regard but like I this mean, what's is the difference? pretty okay, fucking what's terrible. the difference between a three and a two and a half uh that's nothing like the zeros so i i think that i like the a for effort they they didn't want to make them that same. a for effort what the fuck well, no well no well no they tried and failed they tried miserably and failed. They tried yes. and okay. failed to make a different kind of record that mm. would maybe define them like the they specifically mistake. succeeded in making a different kind of record. <laughs> a bad one, really bad. Um, oh, that's awful. It's not a note-for-note note remake of the first two, which is not a bad thing. That, but it's that not, is a good thing. Yeah. I will always, you know, as much as I don't always like the, t- the twists and turns of bands that I like have taken, I'm always happy when those bands take the twists and turns rather than say Kiss trying to recreate the 70s in 2008. You know, that's why ACDC, I'm not a big fan. That carbon copy thing. I, I would say this that the eight will do, maybe we do an ACDC run, but like I think the thing with AC, the thing that I don't, I love you, but the thing with ACDC is that that's really a problem. After Bond dies, oh, no, completely, completely correct. However, and I love Brian, and I love Mal. And I'm regretful that I never saw ACDC. I was like, next time, next time, next time. I you saw know, them while gone. working. Got punched don't... in the face. You told me this security. story. Okay, we discussed this. No, I mean it's a story worth telling again, but like not right now. But like, not yes, that. you got punched in the face. Uh, I never saw ACDC. It's one of the few bands I was paid I to be punched seen. in the face. That's great. I might consent to that someday. Um, uh, it's it's like being in. It was just like being in. Sorry to bother you. Um. So QR three for whatever the fuck that means. They should have trademarked the words QR because then QR code maybe they would get a piece of. Um. So Chuck is in a full time as a bassist. They come in and it's interestingly enough, like. Kevin has, they all have writing credits now split very evenly across all the songs. I guess I should look at this. Well, you're going to lead this discussion. Oh, the fuck. Rest of the way. Yeah, I did say so that, like, didn't I? You did, and I can't. So, like, I've listened to this thing, and I'm just, like, shocked at how horrible it is, and I don't remember. I think I had the tape. Um, I will I, say that Condition Critical did have a good album cover. We didn't talk about it, but, like, this, they can, you know, the mask guy is iconic now, and uh, whatever You don't like this is, cover? It, it's okay with the relief and the eyes peering out from inside. Like it's the okay. Cover. It's, a good it's cover. okay. The one before it's great. The first one's incredible. Um, but this album's you know this album's interesting because it's got credits across the board except for they gave Chuck a bass solo. I don't know. Oh, because you know what you know what every record needs. Uh, not this one. <laughs> no, I, you know I I've listened to this album twice today. Twice today, and That's I cannot. It, it is, and I cannot picture that fucking bass solo. Yeah, it's not. It's okay. I mean, it's I only did, a now. In fairness, okay, I take it back. I didn't listen to it twice. One point seven five because I had to like, you know what? Fuck this. I need. I need guar. I need something. I, yeah, I, yeah. I listened I to um, podcasts today and books on tape when I wasn't listening to this. So, yeah, 
I will Look, say also anything you can do to distract yourself from the song from this album is a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, here's the interesting thing about distracting and songs is so the first two records they have the covers and a song that I think they meant to do a cover and then they changed their mind at the last second and the track listing stayed. But here they bring in outside writers, which they had not done before. They let Pasha, whatever, Proffer, Spencer Proffer co-write some stuff. But the co-producer of this album is super interesting, especially because this is terrible, is John Purdell. <laughs> John Purdell is an infamous songwriting guy from LA. I think he's passed away now. He co-wrote uh, No More Tears and Perry Mason for Ozzy. He wrote like songs for Heart and Anne Murray and like huge hit songs and rock songs and metal songs. So he's the co-producer with Spencer for whatever reason. He comes in and they let him co-produce. He's got two songs. And play the keyboards. And he's a piano player. He went on tour with them. He um he co oh he co-wrote songs on Awake Tree Theater, by the way, like which is weird to think that wow. they would let someone come in and write with them at that time. Um and then also Stan Bush is on this record. And Stan Bush is a very underrated, under the radar kind of guy who is like the song doctor guy who would come in and fix your terrible song and then put his name on it for fun. Um when when did he do that on this record? Slave to Love, which is terrible. So, like, it must, how bad must it have been before he got a hit? Like, wow. Oh, Jesus Christ. That song <laughs> is worse than the, the Black Sabbath song of the same name or close. <laughs> Maybe he wrote that one, too. So, Main Attraction, I'll, I'll help start it, because I can talk um, about the beginning of this record. Main Attraction's not a terrible way to open it. You know, Main Attraction is a reasonably good song. You It's got quick... eight guys write, writing on it, though. Yeah, eight dudes. Help make this song. Cavasso, Benali, Dubro, Proffer, Purdell, Wright. I mean, did they ask the the guy sweeping up, dude? You got any chords? You got any ideas for these songs? We're desperate. The the thing about this one is, you quickly get that glittery, like that. If if you're as old as as me, the this kind of keyboard sound immediately evokes lasers. Lasers, laser light shows. Yes, that laser splitter thing. La- yeah, laser laser light shows at the planetarium. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Again, this is this roughly around the time of Turbo. Again, roughly around the time of Somewhere in Time, going back to our maiden run. Very strange. It's very at, strange the same, at the same time, Kiss is putting out Asylum, Asylum. which is all keyboards. Slippery When Wet is out at this time. Yeah, they had a keyboard player all the time. Um, yeah, he's fucking great, actually. He's like my favorite guy in that band. Uh, Look, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying anything against him. I'm just saying he existed. Yeah, he existed. Thing. 1984 that, Van Halen, just everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, picture... Yeah, oh yeah. So, <laughs> keyboards now are a thing you have to have and they're just like, uh, here's a song, can you just like do a thing and we'll go to the planetarium and look at stars and sneak in some booze. I mean, that's just kind of how I feel about main attraction. Right. And then the second track I'm fond of because of the video, and that's the wild and the young. If you don't, if you were a certain age, I was 13 or 14 at the time. I have not, I have not seen this video because I did not do this on YouTube. I you should go check vinyl. this out. You should go look at the video. No, I don't, I don't watching. think I should. You kind of should. It's um a nod. a nod. It's a nod to the famous IBM Super Bowl commercial. You know which one I'm talking about from '84. No, I was eight. The, oh, you don't know that famous television commercial for oh Apple, not IBM Apple. 
I was eight. Okay. Um, I remember having chips. Okay. So, and also the Senate hearings of which D. Snyder defended yes. our freedom. So that's what this song is about. Kind of youth gone wild, but not as good. And um, nowhere near. The video's fun. The producers got the first name on the writing credit with Frankie number two, which just kind of tells you what you need to know. I, again, I don't know how these things are chosen. It's not a bad song. It's okay. Well, it's so not, out of the gate, it's, it's not. It, it, it's, it ain't metal health. Not, well, it's not alphabetical how they're choosing the credits. So I'm probably not. So like, yeah, it's it's um, right out of the gate. It's two okay songs. Pretty good. Okay, third album should really be better, but like, okay. And then hang it's on, hang on, hang on. Let me hang on. And this is, it's a fall off the cliff at this point. Oh my God. It's like rolling a glass bottle off a table and watching it break. No, it's like, it's like taking a glass bottle, breaking it like you're going to get into a bar fight and then jamming it up your own ass. (laughs) I envisioned that you were going to say this and now I know. Um, Twilight Hotel is terrible. Down and Dirty is terrible. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm. I'm, everything is colored by Twilight. Let, let's go back to Twilight Hotel. I, yeah, I you, have. You got to take over at this point. I, I have thoughts that. on Twilight Hotel. I mean, this is Kevin Dubro singing about his illicit love affair with Lady. I, I'm. It's 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 just holy shit. Um. Look, we all saw the man with one red shoe. We all saw the lady in red. Uh. He's like trying to like sing all serious and for as good as Kevin Dubrow was, I'm, I'm hyperventilating this, this, I'm feeling all kinds of things that are not good. Wait, was, was that a Chris DeBerg reference or was that a Gene Wilder, Kelly LeBrock reference? Gene Wilder, Kelly LeBrock. Oh, I love that movie. It's a good I love movie. Kelly LeBrock is naked in that movie quite a lot. Well, okay, just, just put that out on Front Street. Okay, I wasn't going to mention it. I was going to mm. pause the recording. There's um, Bull Bush in that movie. Oh, Jesus. For 1985, 86. This is monetized, for the love of God. Sorry. I just... I one other sponsors. my childhood. I'm sorry. Oh, um, actually, on. your ads for Anchor are so good. I talked with my producer for Ghost Cult. Maybe I'm going to borrow you to do my, my ads. So maybe I, I, I'm actually... I actually beer. hate them now, and I've been, I've been like... Thinking about how I'm going to re-record them. Actually, I, I love. I think I can. Well, really, I'll use yours. Anyway, um, they're better than better. Anyway, right, so moving forward, then you get to Down and Dirty, which <laughs> Down and Dirty is just, hey, we're '80s hair metal. We got nothing to say. We like the ladies and getting dirty. Here's four minutes and uh, and around this time in the record, for all of the wonderful things you and I have gushed about Kevin DeBro. You know, you've got Condition Critical, which is a subpar record, comparatively. And all the wonderful things we've said about uh, Carlos Cavazzo. Again, on Condition Critical, on Mental Health. These two men are staggering giants of this genre. And Carlos Cavazzo is the only person I can name who could step into Randy Rhodes's place. And you don't really miss Randy. However, these fuckers are hungover or something on this record. 
Carlos Cavazo sounds like he recorded the solos on a weekend after a bender. And they, gave, they really didn't care. I think that's with, what it is. With with the Ace Fraley mindset of that'll do. And Vince Neal, that'll do. Yeah, yeah. There's no Kevin bigness on this record. It's not there. And yeah. Those and then then you take away the rock solid foundation of of Rui Sarzo. And what the fuck do you have? Yeah, Frankie Benali going, come on, guys. I don't want to join Wasp, but I will. And he does. And I, oh, I oh, I feel like Kevin mailed it in. Oh, yeah, completely. Carlos's tone is here, but none of his riffs have bite. And again, the producer for the same guy in a row, maybe what they really needed to do was bring in a new person for this record. Not maybe John by himself, although his songwriting even didn't help. Maybe somebody altogether new and just let, uh, you know, Spencer oversee the whole thing as an executive producer, but not hands on. Somebody they respected or feared to make them crack the whip in terms of writing. Something. I mean, there's nothing here yet. We have not, after that first track. I don't even know that we can finish this record critically. No, we like, I'll are, let you if you need to, but I really. I, look, I started, I'm going to go to some point. I don't have enough just, beer over here for this. Go ahead. I got another fridge. I mean, I Rise and fall. I don't even remember this fucking bullshit. Skip. Um, put up or shut up. Oh, come on. Again, here, here we are. This is this is the best one, right? Because here because they didn't. Here no, they shut up. But they didn't shut up. They didn't they neither put up nor shut up. Right. Here is the self-referential song and they're like, "Nah, fuck it." So Kevin and and Carlos make condition critical worth listening to. The songs aren't great, but they're great. They're great doing those songs. And here we have Still of the Night. I mean, how many fucking songs are named Still of the Night? At least 17. There's only two good ones. Uh, One. Moving on. Bass case instrumental, as mentioned earlier. No. I, I listened to this record twice today. And you don't remember the solo. None, no idea. Which was clearly put on there as like, hey, we got a new bass guy who can do bass stuff that Rudy can do. I question the fifty. I question the fifty-nine second time limit because what the fuck? I again, nothing. I got nothing. I don't know if it was like a Wawa Wah Burton solo or a funky flea bass solo or just nothing. I I, I got nothing. Uh, the pump, no idea. No, whatever. I, and then I just stopped listening and put on Guar. Guar, 8 of 10. No. This record, hello 2 of is, 10. Hello, hello is 10 of 10. Oh, fair enough. I'll give it to you. It goes down after that, but that one's 10 I, of 10. Yeah, well, some of their records are pretty great. Um, so, yeah, man, I just... What the hell is this? This is pretty... Usually your third record is like your Master of Puppets, your Zeppelin 3... Among the living. You know what? You know what? This is an attempt at Zeppelin three. Diver down. Think about this. Okay, so think. Let's 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 look at the Zeppelin train. Right. A lot of covers. A lot of similarities. Then we get to the third record. Let's change it up. Let's do something new. Zeppelin goes, "Hey, fuck those amps." But then they make things like, "Bruno, your stomp." 
and Gallows Pole. And then they're like, hey, let's do synthesizers. And we get Twilight Hotel. And the other songs that I don't remember. And I, I when when I when I got this record, I put it onto the turntable after cleaning it because I'm a responsible vinyl guy. And I actually texted Keefe and it said, Got Quiet Right 3, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I I I still don't know. It is an album that happened. There are squishy bits that made it into a record. And apparently it plays on a turntable. But beyond that, I am I am at a loss. Then they go on tour. So let's let's actually look into this tour. I didn't do that because mm. I'm so angry at everything musically speaking on this record. Uh, but uh, theoretically they had it. I know they had a tour. Uh, let's see. Tour, tour, tour. Wow, you just can't really find any information on this. Bobby Kimball from Toto is on this record? Oh my god. Who isn't on this record? I mean, somebody who could write a good song. Well, obviously. <laughs> uh, or, or used to be able to write a good song. In the Bible of Dreams, Corror on Slave to Love. Oh, Stranger to Love. That was the Black Sabbath tune. Uh, featuring Tasha Yar of uh, Star Trek. Did not make it better, but I also hate Tasha Yar, so work that out. Do you now? Wait, you like Tasha Yar? No, but I'm just saying hatred is a strong word. The character. I hate the character. Oh, know. okay. I don't hate Denise Crosby. I don't know her. Hot, uh, hot, she hasn't come out as anti-vax or anything, so. But you know what? It's about time she's been out of the news for a minute, so. Um, so anyway, her, we uh, can throw her away with Elizabeth Shue and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and fucking Chachi. They can all go to hell. Wait, which Buffy? There's like three of them. The oh, Christy mo- movie, Swanson. Movie yeah, Buffy. Yeah. Yeah, not, fuck her. not the other one. She's okay. Sarah Michelle Gellar, I'm okay with I, I always like Cruel Intentions. I hate everything. I, I like Sarah Michelle Gellar, but I, I've never seen her in anything that I've enjoyed. Oh. Isn't that weird? That's weird. Not weird. Buffy was a good show. Um, Anywho, so Quiet Riot 3. The best part about this is Kevin is fired from his own band in Hawaii via notation. They they wrote it on the the hotel stationery and slipped it under the door. And that's with his plane tickets home. That's how he got got treated better than Dave Mustaine, but not by much. I mean, if you're gonna get they, fired, get fired in Hawaii. They had more. I mean, they had more money. But yeah, I mean, no, I mean, no. That's basically the same thing. No, he got treated worse than Dave Mustaine. Dave Mustaine at least got took, got taken to the bus station. Fair enough. I don't know, but I mean, I mean, so Kevin restarts the band, and they're like, "Fuck you, dude. We're uh, yeah, we don't need you." And he mailed it in. He definitely. He's not the only one, though. And I mean, yeah, but they blamed him. But to me, they neutered him on these records. Like, you could have a bigger argument. Like, the crime against the, the crime of these records is not just that they're not great. First of all, the last one's terrible. The second one's okay, considering how great the first one is. 
The problem is they neutered Kevin. They neutered him. They totally ripped his balls out and shoved them up his ass or down his throat because he certainly wasn't singing with it. And it's a shame because he is one of the definitive voices of this time. Agreed. And how how can you blame Kevin if you look at the the songwriting credits on these album on the on this album? There is not barely him. He is on every song except for the bass solo, which no one can remember for some reason. <laughs> which even Chuck ain't on. Hey. Ooh, he's on it. He's on it. Sorry, he plugged it in. Oh. So, I mean, everybody wrote all these songs, and, oh, well, fuck Kevin, it's his fault. I mean, yes, did he mail it in? Of course he did. Uh, did everyone else mail it in? Maybe not the keyboard player. Maybe he was trying to get these songs into the planetarium next to one plus one, or one is the loneliest number. I don't know. But there's no, on this album, there's no MVP, but there's no least valuable player either. They all are. Yeah, they. this this is just a shit bum. It's so, I, I don't even have a comparison on this, and I, I, I like to think of myself as pretty quick on the analogies. And I got nothing. I mean, the only th- the only the only thing I come up with ahead of these shows is what I'm going to call Keefe at the beginning. That that's it. Everything else is ad libbed. This is far and away the worst album we've had to review together. Oh God, to w- yes. To, to which I'm deeply, I'm deeply sorry. This is. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I have it on. I bought it on vinyl for this. What am I going to do with it? Donate it. To who? I, look, Sal- I, it's Salvation Army. Salvation Army hates gays. I don't go there. Uh, Savers. Nah, Savers charges too much. I go to Good I, Goodwill. I donate to Vincent DePaul. The Hoodwill. Oh. No, it's a compliment. I love the Hoodwill. I like Goodwill. Oh. Look, I could, do you think I don't go to thrift shops? I fucking love thrift shops. My best dress shirt that I have gotten in 15 years was for $5 at a Goodwill in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. My wife, who got promoted, who's an attorney, wears Goodwill clothing to work. Easy. Don't break a secret. It's fine. She already got hired. It's fine. Oh, all right. Um, so, so yeah, yeah this I, record's terrible, and we still have one more to do on this band, plus a little addendum. So buckle up, kids. Next week features Paul Shortino, Jesus Christ. Have you listened to that record yet? Holy fuck. No, I was going to buy it on vinyl, but it's $20. Don't buy it. Okay. <laughs> Save the money. You know what? Okay, when I told you I was going to buy this one on vinyl, you said, don't spend, you said don't spend too much. I did. What you should have said was no. You were also insisting that you were going to listen to every record in this series on a vinyl and in no other form because I was false. Because I don't. I will <laughs> take what I can get because I'm a simple man with a simple plan and my turntables on fucking back order since my birthday two months ago you don't have it yet i still don't fucking have it dude Mother fucking fuck. fucking fuck i want this fucking thing we you help me pick it out i'm getting it, that one yeah i know and here and i am sh- si- here i am no, literally no. sitting on owning three yeah i'm giving one away tomorrow though oh well, you know okay well had i known that i would have just bought one of yours and not well, i didn't know i was gonna have the other one then yeah, I know. Anywho, so 
Uh, so this record sucks. Do we I don't know. I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you're if you're hovering on Discogs, stop. Oh shit! Uh, I don't know if anybody's listening to this. Going, what should I buy? What crap should I buy? This is not the one. Record Um, it's a shame though, because like again, it's could have been avoided. You know what? No, it it couldn't because they they every every band. I, I have a theory, the theory that is mine by Ann Elk. Um, every band has that perfect song that and a great record. Every band has that in them. Whether or not anybody hears it is a whole other question. They started with it, and it's it's hard. I mean, how do you go? Nobody improve, you know. I always hope that bands improve, that they become better writers, they become better players, they become better everything. And Quiet Riot has just gone from the ultimate highs of holy shit, this is amazing, into what the fuck am I listening to and I hate you. In in three years. Hmm. That's all I got. I'm, I'm done. Uh, if I have a closing comment, I will paraphrase Dominic West in the movie 300 and say, QR3, you are not my queen and you will not enjoy this. Uh, it's the Glacier Musical Podcast. Doesn't play in Peoria. <laughs>